1: This podcast is brought to you by Men's T Clinic. Men's T Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972 go mens T or visit mensteaclinic.com.
2: KNC Masterpiece right here on 1053 The Fan, 877-881-1053, truckwreck.com, text line. If you want to weigh in... How long, if ever, will it be till you truly believe in the Cowboys again? Now, believe it or not, Mike. I'm interested in this. I would like to start out with this. Because this is a disconnect that we get sometimes with people listening that I'm like, that's, no, you're so wrong about that. Is we all grew up in me, you, Corey. Corey will be back tomorrow, by the way. Uh, We all grew up in the Metroplex. I love the Cowboys because this is where I was born and raised, and I just love the Cowboys. What I really don't like is when people are like, oh, you drank the Jerry Kool-Aid and you got food and blah, 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 blah. Like, I think that's dumb and inaccurate is I believed because I've seen this Cowboys team be really good. Like, I've seen the the great moments, and I've seen the mediocre moments, and I've seen the bad moments. And so I looked at this team and I thought, Everything is set up perfectly for you to go to at least the NFC Championship game. And that would be the first time in 28 years. And I'm willing to accept that as a sign of progress. Even if you get run by the 49ers or whatever, I'm willing to accept that as a sign of progress. So I believed that this was the time. And then not only was it the time, they couldn't even get to the game before the 49ers potentially, and they couldn't even get out of this round because they got absolutely effing smoked by the Packers, who
1: eked into the playoffs. To your point, I'm going to give you the last three Packers road games of the season. The third to last one was at the New York Giants. They lost 24-22. Then they went at the... Should have the number one pick, but they traded it to the Bears, Carolina Panthers. The worst team in all of football, and they won 33 to 30. And then they went at the Vikings, and I don't even know who quarterback that game. Chris Mullen's son, I think. (laughs) And they won 33 to 10. So they did win that game easily and took care of business there. So they played two of the five worst teams in all of football, and they lost And they won by three. Yeah. And so going into Dallas, a team that was undefeated on the season at home and a team that had lost the opener to Tampa the year before, I just thought, and I think most people thought, hell, everybody on Fox picked the Cowboys to win. It wasn't like Michael Strahan said, the Packers are going to win. They were favored by seven points. Yeah, yeah, so, um, I mean, it just – I. I could see a close game happening. I just couldn't see the Cowboys losing if a team is struggling to beat the Panthers a few weeks ago on the road and couldn't beat the New York Giants about five weeks ago on the road. But, hey, what do I know? They smeared us. Yeah, I uh, and that's
2: why I think it's going to be tough. Is I mentioned this earlier in the show, and I I told you this before the show, Mike, and I'm sure it will change. This feels like this in the next couple days maybe feel like the low point for me is so many things that the cowboys are going to say and maybe even do feel so pointless you know it's like oh hey we got rid of mike mccarthy this time it's different and i'm like yeah maybe but that's when you said when mike mccarthy got here because you were like oh he won a super bowl that's what you said when jason garrett was here because you're like oh we got the hottest assistant in all of the league and Wade and on and on and on it's like that's what they say again and again When we go to training camp oh this looks different well you heard enough people say it looks different this year I saw the connection in training camp between Dak Prescott and Brandon Cooks and I'm telling you it looked different and then for most of the season you didn't see it at all and then it started to pick up towards the end it just feels like every sign that you see or hear or whatever that it's going to be different for the Cowboys it doesn't end up being different and one of the reasons I still think that is I know the Jones family in this organization likes to keep the Cowboys coaching staff uncomfortable or like those types of people uncomfortable I just wish they would try to make their players uncomfortable sometimes like don't just make their players think hey don't worry about it contracts extensions in the bag no matter what like I, I would love to see some of these things be like yeah well we'll see yeah. it depends on how well you play But it doesn't change, and the thing I hate about it the most is there are so many people who, like, they live sports-wise to see the Cowboys fail because they hate the Cowboys for whatever reason. And so they text in every single week or whatever, and they're like, oh, you just wait. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, oh, you're a homer. And I'm like, literally every organization in the world that covers football has the Cowboys in the top five in their power rankings, every single one of them, not just us. And then guess what? They did exactly what those people said. They choked when it mattered, just like they do year after year after year. And I hate it because I still am going to love this team. Hey. I love this team. So does my older son. Hopefully, my younger son will. Yeah. Will, too. But they did what they always do in the playoffs.
1: And I... Commend you, and I know Corey still loves this team. I don't like any. Yes. I, I quit this team. I, I can tell by your outfit today. I divorced the Dallas Cowboys, and even though my family had season tickets from day one of the Dallas Cowboys till the end of the nineteen ninety eight season, you know, I don't, I don't invest my heart in them at all anymore. I'd have a job where I cover them, but I do not invest any type of, of heart into, the Dallas Cowboys. So, I just, I feel like. It's going to be the same. It'll be different, but the same. Like, I've come to that conclusion in my life. And I thought the Cowboys, maybe when they were headed to Buffalo, I remember going into that week, I thought, gosh, you know what kind of stinks is my heart's not into this team at all. I'm following the team, but I have no love for this team. I have no hate for this team. Hey, they win. Great for the community. They lose. doesn't really affect me. People are going to be mad. Whatever. I'm not, they're not going to affect my emotions at all anymore. And I thought, Gosh. If they go to Buffalo and win and they're playing great and Dak wins the MVP and they go to the Super Bowl, and what if they did win this whole thing? And I wouldn't really feel the joy that you would feel, that Corey would feel, because I'm not invested in this organization anymore. I I divorce the organization as a fan. And so I was like, gosh, it's going to kind of stink. Like a few years after divorcing this organization, they actually do the impossible and win it all. And then they lose yesterday. And through the losing of that game, I'm not really emotionally affected from it and getting mad and wanting to throw things or cussing or anything. And I'm like, well, this is the reason I divorced this franchise. Yeah, and look, make no mistake about it. I'm pissed today. And I I know most Cowboy fans are. I, if
2: this was our you know, satellite radio show or perhaps even a podcast, I I would say some different words, but my message remains the same, is I'm mad because I I, I hear you. I don't think that they're going to change the right things. I don't think, and I know people say, well, you need to get Jerry, the owner, to fire Jerry, the GM. That's great. We've already talked about that. That's never going to happen, and he doesn't do most of the GMing anyway. My main issue remains how the Cowboys structure and do contracts. That's what I think needs to change that never changes. Like if we're talking about realistic things that can change, stop negotiating market level contracts for people who are coming off an injury. Whether you think it's Gallup or Steele or even the franchise hack for Tony Pollard, stop negotiating contracts on market level or sometimes better than market level for somebody coming back from injury that you're not even sure about. And for Terrence Steele, I know for a fact they did that before they know, knew how good he was going to be able to come back. The other thing is, giving someone extension is not an, the only way to flatten the salary cap. We're going to talk about this more tomorrow, and I know you and I don't necessarily think this is going to play out the same way. Your only option is not to extend Dak. That, that's not your only option. Your only option is make other adjustments, take the salary cap hit, because he's got a humongous number next year. I believe it's $59 million on the cap. And then decide what you're going to do, whether that, you know, that would likely just mean his contract elapses and you move on. If you think that's the right football decision to yeah. make, don't just resign him because you're like, well, I don't know, but we're stuck because of his huge cap yeah. number. You've had four years to see that coming.
1: I like what you're talking about. I don't want to follow up because I feel like for later in the week or as we get to draft talk, which will be weeks from now, um, I I have thoughts and feelings, and I know that the Cowboys are going to take my thoughts and feelings and say, "Where's the toilet? You know, wipe it strong and flush it down." Right. So, like, they, they they're going to do what they do, and this is honestly at the end of the day. This is a great season for the Dallas Cowboys.
2: And I just, I don't see how anybody can classify it like that.
1: I just, I don't. I I understand. What if at the end of the day, you were able to give Noah $500 million and give Brandon $500 million and you gave yourself $500 million? I don't. I'm telling you, if it was that number,
2: I could probably live with it. Yeah, but yeah. for the most well, part, and guess what? No, I,
1: I, I, and it is, and it probably and is. he has another child that he does that. Yes. Like yes. Steven, Jerry Jr., and um, why am I his daughter? Charlotte? Charlotte. They all three get hundreds of millions of dollars every year off of this and organization. I have to admit, that's not who I thought you meant. That's what I wanted. I wanted to make sure I named those three so nobody thought I was making a joke or anything. And that's the toughest thing. And we talked about it last week is when you're like,
2: hey, but look at this art gallery. Don't care. But like that's part of the Cowboys brand. And I'm telling you, I truly believe and I could be wrong about this. I truly believe Mike McCarthy will be relieved of his coaching duties this week. I do not think it will be 100 percent or maybe anywhere close to 100 percent football relief. I think it will be, hey, this is a tough product to sell. Obviously, we're bringing Dak back. We had three straight 12-5 and seasons. Only one time did you even get to the divisional round. Not the conference championship, even the divisional round once. I think part of that decision, at least some of that decision, is going to be off of, hey, what are we going to sell? Oh, you could sell Belichick. You could sell Harbaugh. You could sell, I don't know if they think they could sell Vrabel. Whoever the name is, I think that's going to be part of the decision.
1: I I. I just wish the Cowboys were great. I wish the Cowboys represented the name as a winner way more than they do. I'm sure Michael Irvin went off on social media. I don't know if you saw that or not. Him screaming, let them all go, and like stuff like let's that. Let's go to
2: cut number 29. Here is the aforementioned Michael Irvin saying, let's just take everybody out.
3: When I got here, I understood the men before me. They built the Dallas Cowboys. They made this America's team. They put a championship on the table before I got here. My job while I was here is to match what they have done because they built it. They handed it to me. Put my damn championship on the table. That's all we have. Put your damn championship on the
1: table and you're going to do it. All asses got to go. There you go. And he played at a time. I went to all the games for free when Michael Irvin played his first two years in the NFL. There's 20,000 empty seats in the building. Yes. That's that doesn't happen to these Cowboys. So they don't really feel the sense of we have to win here.
2: And I know this wasn't a divisional round game yesterday, but this goes into how it's hard to believe in this team going forward. I'll want them to be good because I'm a Cowboys fan. But in terms of believe in it, they've lost seven straight divisional round games since 2010 they're four and ten in the playoffs among teams that have played at least 10 games in the playoffs they're the worst and so it's it's a weird dynamic they're good at getting to the playoffs compared to a lot of franchises but in the group of franchises that make it to the playoffs a pretty decent amount of time they're the worst in the playoffs
1: It's it's crazy and it's insane as easy money one two three here or sorry easy money t two three says basic is insane. The ratings would go through the roof uh, and double if the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. Y'all should want them to. I'm assuming win. I I I totally agree with you. I'm not desperately. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just not putting my heart into the Cowboys because I know at the end that they're not putting the organization. I get individual players might be, but in as an organization, they don't want to sacrifice what it takes to give yourself the best opportunity to win. I've done it before. I'm not doing it again, but Chris Young understands the sacrifice to win. He won in Kansas City. He's seen other people win. Chris Young, the general manager of the Texas Rangers, understands the sacrifice to just give yourself the opportunity, and Jerry does not want to to sacrifice like that.
2: Mike, you know how difficult it can be to keep a college-age student on a schedule that you like. And how difficult it is to keep a baby on a schedule.
3: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: You like, come yesterday at 3.30, we made sure Noah was ready to go. He had his cowboy sweater on. Jess was ready. Brandon was ready. He brought a friend over. I was ready. Like, if we're just talking about want to... I got all the want to it takes for them to win, and not just in this round or the next round. Them to go all the way. I know we love the Rangers, and this is one of the most magical sports experiences I've ever had. If this Cowboys team was in the Super Bowl, this place would almost shut down. Yeah. It would be a level of insanity
1: that you can't even prepare yeah. yourself for. Yeah, that's the thing is we really have no clue. At this point, it's been so long since 1995. We really have no clue. And really, by 95, it was like, you better win. Like, I can't believe you lost in 94. It was a different feeling back then, being a high school senior uh, that season. So, we really have no clue what it would be if the Cowboys actually became great at playoff football.
2: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, it's time for Wanker of the Weekend. Who was the best at being the worst this weekend? Yeah, the Cowboys will probably be in that, too. We'll do it next right here in The Fan. Instead he's going to take a
0: fake and Love rolls to his right and sidearm's a throw in the end zone touchdown. Romeo Dobbs. And Love dropped down. He found a whole new arm slot that time. He threw sidearm across his body, going away,
1: threw it by Malik Hooker and found Romeo Dobbs. That was awesome. No, that was not aw- awesome. If you're watching football and just watching the game, you're like, that was an awesome just pass. Just as a neat
2: throw, I get that. And that was a that. good
1: catch, too.
2: Unfortunately, as Romeo Dobbs was going off, that made it 48-16. to 16. That was really the score at the time. The <laughs> Cowboys essentially lose by that score. I so, had a
1: great comeback.
2: Yeah, I just ran
1: out of time, Kevin.
2: I, my favorite tweet of the day might have been yesterday. It was a yesterday. I think it was a quote tweet from Wolchuk is he responded to some some guy who's like, Oh, now all the media is gonna talk about how heroic this cowboys comeback was. And Wolchuck quote tweeted and was like, Literally nobody is talking about that or going to say that. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Right now, you best believe the Cowboys will be in this. It's time for Wanker of the Weekend.
1: What's a wanker?
2: Well, kiddo, that is a uh... That's a man that likes to be alone with his thoughts. Now, of course, we can talk about the Dallas Cowboys in here, but I also think the wanker of the weekend is the S2 test. Let us never speak of this test again.
1: Oh, I hear you.
2: Which C.J. Stroud supposedly didn't do well on, and he looks effing awesome.
1: Yes, and this is what is so tough is trying to look at an amateur player and say that guy's going to be successful or that guy's not going to be successful at another level. There's just so much that goes into it. And, you know, I was told by a baseball scout before, you can say no to everybody and you'll be right most of the time, but sure. you have to say yes to something. You have to You have to put it on the line with somebody. You have to look at some kid and go, hey, I believe he can do this and he can do it successfully for our organization. Or you can do the easiest thing in scouting and say everybody sucks. Yeah. Because most likely in the end, you'll be right on like 80% of the guys. I mean, think about how many people are drafted in the NFL and how many guys don't really impact a team at all. But – Uh, That S2 test, there's just never going to be a perfected thing. I know we want there to be. We want there to be some sort of test, some sort of computer analyst, some sort of inside the numbers that lets you know that this guy is a no doubter going to be great. And sometimes you get that and it works out like LeBron James or Peyton Manning or something like that. But a lot of times you have to look at a person who doesn't look perfect or does look perfect. And you say, I'm telling you, it's not going to work at this level, or I'm telling you, he has everything that he needs to be a successful guy at this level. From the
2: 469 Waker of the weekend, Dak Prescott again turns in a terrible playoff performance, but will undoubtedly still demand to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. Oh, I can go ahead and say no thanks to that. This is not about football, but I want to play you a couple of things. Is remember, we talked about the Ring of Honor? For the Bulls, mm-hmm. well, Scottie Pippen wasn't there. Neither was Rodman. Neither was Jordan. Oh no! Rodman and Jordan both <laughs> sent in video. Oh no! Video things. But this is when Jerry Krause. Keep in mind who is dead. He was there. He was not there. Oh, good. You his, should not dig somebody out of the grave for this. His widow was accepting the honor on his behalf. Cut number twenty six. This is how the Chicago fans reacted. Two-time NBA Executive of the Year, represented by his wife, Thelma, Basketball Hall of Famer, and former Bulls General Manager, Jerry Krause. So you can definitely hear. I hear a, some cheers. There's some cheers for okay. sure. I didn't hear a lot of boos. Oh, go back to the. I'm sorry, maybe I'm play not hearing it the well. very beginning of it again. It's okay. at the very beginning okay. where I think it's most intense. All right. True time NBA Executive of the Year.
1: Yeah, okay, I hear it. I hear it. Thank you. And hopefully they. I all, was waiting for the Jerry Krause. Once they got to Jerry Krause, they were like, "It was okay. a soft clap." I, I hope it would. They
2: turn the corner when they were like accepting on his behalf is his widow Thelma, and I hope they're like oh dude we gotta so we'll go to steve kerr cut number 27. this is his thought about the fans who booed jerry Krause. i didn't hear it i was in the locker room but somebody just told me about it and it's
0: shameful
1: it's absolutely shameful um i cannot believe um i'm devastated for Thelma and for uh, the Krause family I, I, what what can we possibly be thinking you have to understand, when you hear boos, it's not all of them, right? So the fans who booed, um, they know who they are. And that's, um, to me, it's it's absolutely shameful. And I, I'm, I'm devastated by that. It is,
2: I get people have the right to boo. It's a tough take when you're like, and accepting on his behalf is his widow, Thelma. And also, like, I understand people are mad at him, but... He was, had a huge part in building that
1: team yeah. as well. It's tough because the fans have heard for decades how much Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan hated him. And how he supposedly broke up the Bulls. And yes. how he told Phil Jackson, I don't want you to be the coach anymore. <laughs> so I think it's just tough as a fan... You're the greatest player of all time and then your greatest player, your second greatest player of all time, six-time champions, your six-time championship coach, haven't said the best things about Jerry Krause from 1996-ish to about today because of the last dance. So it's tough as a fan. You're probably like, well, I don't like this guy. Michael Jordan didn't like him. Scottie Pippen didn't like him. Phil Jackson didn't like him. Why should I like him?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I, to your point, he did. He was the one who traded – I'm sorry I'm forgetting the guy. It wasn't Derek McKee, I don't think. But he traded uh, a decent role player to Seattle to pick up the sixth pick to take Scottie Pippen out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Like, it wasn't like he was playing for the Razorbacks. Well. So, like, he he did figure out, hey, this Michael Jordan guy is great. I got to figure out how to build a better team around him. And he did it through a lot of trading and drafting and, and without Jerry Krause, Michael Jordan, I don't know if he wins a championship because if they just stick with Charles Oakley and company, I don't know if they win
2: from the eight zero six, I might be in the minority on this As wanker of the weekend, NBC and the NFL for the entire Peacock debacle. My response to that is what debacle. Like, you had plenty of lead time to this. And here's what I said to somebody. Every single major sport has some of their postseason on a pay service. Every single one of them in North America. So, NHL does it. The NBA does it. Hell, college Are you talking about,
1: like, Fox Sports 1 or ESPN? Or NBA those TV. are pay services. Right.
2: Is they all have some sort of pay service for their postseason is – this, to me, is no different, and if you miss the game because of it, I honestly, I, I'm like, it's, oh well. Is, you could have figured out a way if you really wanted to watch it. I figured it. out a way. Yes, I know that you figured out I, a way. I, I
1: will say, I'm wondering if the numbers, the 23 million, supposedly, that stream this, sure. if that's the right, I mean, they're, they're reporting they're, that's, that's the number. That's what they say, yeah. Is, how many were affected by the weather? And what I mean by that is... Most of North America was like, I can't go do anything. There was nothing to do yeah. Saturday night here. It was freezing cold outside. So it's like it in
2: the Midwest as well. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: I mean, there is a lot of people that were probably like, well, I mean, what's on? And then you're like, hey, there's a playoff game on. And you're like, well, how do I get Peacock? Either you went and subscribed for it, already had it, or you called up a buddy and said, hey, how do I watch this, my man? And thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Did you watch any old school wrestling after that? No, I said okay, that I was thought actually, that you might. I do want to. Um I've been watching old school wrestling stuff. I'm just so. gonna
2: tell you, they have a category in there for world class championship wrestling from Dallas. If you wanna see
1: some of those old T V shows and okay. stuff. I've watched that. them through YouTube, no, but it sure. might be better if it through works, the it WWE works. peacock thingy.
2: 23 million, as Mike said, and then NBC Universal said that at one point the streaming the streaming of that game accounted for 30% of all internet traffic in the United States. Now I don't know how that they determine high. that number, but yes, that does seem high to me. For a
1: wild card game. Yes, I, I agree. Like, if it, that sounds like a Super Bowl number. Yes,
2: for sure. Wanker of the weekend, the Cowboys defense and more specifically their third down defense is by the time Wicks scored his touchdown, the Packers had converted five of their first six third down attempts. You just you couldn't get them off the field for whatever reason.
1: It's it's tough to say because I don't think they're that much better, but they were so much better. And the Cowboys just never decided to fight back. That was just to me, the weirdest thing is like, all right, you're going to. Not saying you're gonna lose, but the Cowboys quit after 15 minutes. Like, well, we're not gonna win. That's what it felt like. I mean,
2: (laughs) to be fair, Dak did have zero yards in the first quarter. Well, and they they put this stat up, and they were like, "I told you,
1: I thought they were gonna fix it." They're like, "Hey, Dak, here's your adjustment. We're in white jerseys tonight." (laughs) It was so weird when they put up the little graphic
2: that said, "This is the first time in Dak's career he's had thrown for zero yards in the first quarter," and I thought. That's not that surprising. I, I would think that most every quarterback has come up with some yardage. I know in the first quarter of a game.
1: Well, he threw for I think 87 yards in the second quarter. Woohoo! And and threw two touchdowns, one yeah. to Ferguson and one to their guy.
2: <laughs> not Alexander. That's what I was going to say. His ended up not being the yeah, touchdown no. to Savage. Yes, yeah. yeah, luckily.
1: Brandon Cook's uh their feet got tangled up on the interception, so he was down that by counted contact. Counted as
2: down by contact. You know what? That was at the point of the game where I was all about that. I was like, Hell yeah, down by contact. And then well, that didn't end up mattering. Do you throw Stefan Gilmore in there for being horrid in the game yesterday? Or are you like, Hey, he had a bust it up or he sure. had a mess up shoulder? No, and he I mean, threw he was his he played.
1: On? If you play, even if you're playing through injury, you have to accept the consequences of your action. And he was horrible, but I don't know, was he any worse than Deron Bland or Jordan Lewis or the safeties or linebackers trying to cover, you know, any, like, I don't know. Did anybody, besides the ball bouncing off of, I think it was Curse's head early in the game. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think anybody had a deflection or a pass breakup. 16 of 21. And I think out of the five incompletes, we touched one ball. People
2: probably. By accident. People probably already knew it was over. But if you didn't, you had to know it was over when Dak doesn't keep the ball on the two-point conversion when it looked like he easily could have run the ball in. But instead, he decided to pitch it to
1: Ferguson. And then we had two penalties and that, because of you got two it.
2: penalties because of that. Jeez. Backed up the extra point, And then he hit the post. Aubrey hit the post because of that.
1: Yeah. I mean... You don't know. I'm not blaming Dak for that. Like, you don't know that there's penalty. Just like he didn't know when he threw the ball at the two-yard line with six seconds to go on the clock with no timeouts. Like, he didn't know a penalty was going to be thrown. That was just pure luck that they didn't end the half that way. And it was unluck that he just flipped the ball to the tight end for an easier score when two guys created illegal plays because of it
4: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here
2: on 105 oh, Through the Fan. Oh, man, our show's over already? Well, hopefully you guys have had fun with us today, along with the soul crushing sadness of it all. Coming up next, let's chit chat with those fellas from the G Bag Nation right here on 105 Through the Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. On a day of negativity, Mike <laughs> continues to bring the positive. Mm hmm. By moving up from pick number 30 to pick number 24, you theoretically would have had to give up a third-round pick to make that move. So the way I see it is you just gained an extra third-round pick. Now you don't have to worry
1: about the 30th best player in this draft for the Cowboys. They can get the 25th or 24th. See?
2: There's your positivity right now, courtesy of (laughs) DM Leasing. It's time for our chit-chat with the fellas from the G-Bag Nation. Gentlemen... How is you?
0: I'm doing uh, better than Wolchuk. Hey, yeah, I'll just be honest with you. Well, we our are. Guy, our guy's down a little bit. I know a lot of people Me are too. down today, and we're with you. You know, our heart goes out to to you. I'm a little depressed myself. Uh, I was looking forward to at least uh, you know a couple of more playoff wins, and uh, the run ended early. But hey, at least the Rangers are still champs, right?
2: That's right. That's, Where that's I'm at. we we kicked off the show. With the Eric Nadell <laughs> yeah, call. Chris um, let's, the just last play the, let's play the last <laughs> one. Let's go Rangers yeah. chant. baby. Like let's go. Time in time. Yeah. That's and so right. we're I'll like, make you feel better. Now let's talk about all the garbage. And we've been trying to find silver linings. They're hard to find because this was a crap show. This felt like maybe the most embarrassing playoff loss in Cowboys history just because of how much you got worked. Like, I get the 2007 one hurts against a team you'd already beaten twice with a chance to get to the NFC Championship game. This one, you were getting demolished.
4: Yeah, this was the worst. This was uh, humiliating. Um, it, it It's hard to really put it into words. Everything was in front of you. I mean, yep. it, it it fell the way that you needed it to. And I talked about it last week. You know, if this would happen you you've you've got to do something you got to clean house the fabric the culture the foundation this thing's rotten to the core now um but yeah i mean you look at 07 you look at 2014 tw- 2016 i mean these were close games right you lost and you're looking at like a call here a play there this thing was this thing was done. I mean, you, there was a couple calls early in that first drive. You had a 3rd and 12 set up if Bland doesn't end up getting the illegal contact.
3: Yeah, he tackled the guy.
4: The, and he did. Yeah. Uh, then DeMarcus Lawrence jumps off sides, yeah. right? So, I mean, you have two defensive penalties, which is the story and theme of the Cowboys, right? That's Cowboys football right there. Let's screw ourselves. Uh, and then B- Green Bay goes right down the field. The issue is this team just has, I, I don't know if it's a lack of heart, a lack of toughness. When things
2: aren't going great for them, they fold. Can I use a different word for that? A lack of, lack of consequence. Yes. That's what I remain, because brought us and we were talking about this a little bit ago, I know you have said, and the organization wants to keep the pressure on their coaches, and that's yeah. fine and well. I just don't think they do that with their players, appropriately enough.
3: Yeah, you know, uh, we always talk about, though, Jerry Jones and where he learned to be an owner. And it goes all the way back to 1989 when his interaction with Al Davis. If you look at the if you look at the way the 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 Raiders operate, a lot of it is, you know, the coaches get a lot of the blame. The players are, are you know, it's not ever the players' fault. Yep. So you know that uh, that's kind of a little bit of a deep rooted history, uh, with you know, and and the Cowboys have been very fortunate to have you know Hall of Fame players with Jerry Jones, uh, you know, as as the as the general manager. So I I could always see him siding with the players and then, yeah, keeping that pressure on the, the coaches to, to, to be at a different standard or a different level.
2: Not everything will fall in line with the betting lines, but early betting line, if McCarthy were to no longer be the Cowboys head coaches, Bill Belichick, is a is a pretty heavy favorite.
3: Yeah, I think so. To take the job, I was going to yeah, ask you yeah. if you thought that squared with no, reality. I I actually do. And if they do make a change, I I do think that 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 Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones have the type of relationship uh, with Bill with Bill Belichick. I think that Bill Belichick is preparing for an opportunity to potentially talk to Jerry Jones. And if that's the case, then uh, he will be ready to go. He'll be up on. The Cowboys roster, he'll be up on there. The way they operate in player personnel, uh, he'll know what's going on within the organization. Uh, he will not leave any stone unturned because that's the way he operates. He is an attention to detail guy. What's unfortunately happened to him is the same thing that happened to Tom Landry late in his career, as the evaluator of the players or the uh, the basically the general manager of selecting the players that got him in trouble. So uh, Bill will know. Bill also has to know that he's not going to be able to bring all his guys with him. Like his kids and stuff. Well, that's another thing, yeah. But he will be, if he gets this opportunity, he will be absolutely prepared uh, to handle any questions that Jerry Jones has for him.
2: And and I, I I promise, if you were answering this, I didn't totally get that. I just want to make sure... So you think he can fit in well with how the player personnel department would work and him not being the GM? I
3: think that you talk to anybody around the league, I I think there were people that will tell his camp that Will McClay is a quality personnel man and will be able to help him. Now, the general manager, from my experience, the the head coach essentially has player personnel say, uh, you know, and, and Bill Parcells would challenge us. Much like Bill Belichick would challenge Will and them, but I, I kind of feel like though that that Bill coming in here would know that, and then the the work with Jerry and the Will and Stephen, I think that would be something that he that he could very well handle. All
2: right. With that all being said, by the time the week's over, the head coach of the Cowboys is. I'll I'll still go
0: with Mike McCarthy. Okay. I find this angle to be fascinating, though, and some of the things that uh, you know I'm, I'm hearing people talk about is you know making me more intrigued than I thought I would be at this point. Um, you know, I've been trying to interpret Jerry's silence and Steve's silence here. They're not going to be talking to us this week. Is that because they just want to get away and then you know show up with status quo? I believe they go, they will go status quo. They will reach to maintain status quo. I don't think they want to do anything bold anymore. I think they like the playoffs. I think they like the comfort of Mike. But I could be surprised, you know. Um, maybe Jerry's uh, ready to grab the reins of his organization one more time and try to yank it in a, in a in a bold direction to win the championship instead of just maintaining comfort, which is what I'm used to and, and conditioned to believe always they will favor.
4: I, uh, I don't think that there will be a coach here yet by the end of the week. I think McCarthy will be fired, uh, but I do think and I'll go on the limb and say it. I think Bill Belichick will be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and I think it's a move that Jerry Jones feels now. He's losing the fans. You have three straight 12-win seasons. I think now everything's just numb. We're used to this feeling. Nothing's ever going to change. I don't think it'll matter that people aren't going to attend the games. That'll always happen because we're sick in the head and we have an issue. But uh, I, I think he realizes similar, and I know he had to get a stadium built, Yeah. but when he hired Bill Parcells, I think this is similar in where I got to make a big splash higher to get people engaged, to get people bought in because everything else, it's just the same old hamster wheel for the last 28 years. And Bill Belichick does that
2: first team in the post merger era to win at least 12 straight 12 games in three straight seasons and not be in a conference championship. And they, they didn't even make it out of the wild card two of those three years. All right. What say you?
0: Uh, Yes, I agree. McCarthy will not be here. And I do think it'll be, belichick there's got to be some questions that get answered there um uh, some of the stuff that you guys just discussed his role exactly what it'll be i think there needs to be a mandate if there's a no family mandate that's fine but there's also got to be a no defensive coordinator as my offensive coordinator mandate as well you can't go pull out some some defensive guy slash special teams guy and try and fart out an offense here that's not allowed
3: i feel like that there's going to keep mike mccarthy and they're going to have to find a new defensive coordinator
2: By his choosing or by our choosing? I I think
3: Dan Quinn's going to get hired. I think Dan Quinn, the the next thing, the Joneses. But I will say this. Everything I said about Belichick, believe.
2: Okay. By the way, I know we were all waiting for it, expected it. It is now official. Caleb Williams is entering the NFL draft. Presumptive number one pick. What do you fellas got coming up on the program today? Pure
0: gold as always, Haggy. Thanks so much for asking. We'll uh, we'll have John owning at 4 o'clock. Talk to him about uh, the numbers and, you know, the top stories from defeat right out of the gates here.
2: Looking forward to that. Roll home with the G-Bag Nation. We'll be back tomorrow. Corey will be back. We'll have Bob Stoops in studio at 1220. So join us 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. right here on 105 Through the Fan.